Hey, this is Brian, just letting you know that this episode of RPG Lessons Learned is very focused on charts and graphs. Why don't you go to tfradio.net slash rpgll044. That's tfradio.net slash rpgll044 to view the show notes. There you'll see all of the charts and graphs that we refer to in this episode. Plus, you can access all of our social links as well. Thanks for listening. RPG Lessons Learned. When the game is over, when your players are gone, that's when lessons are learned. We are at RPG LL Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, Podcast at gmail.com, and check us out online at rpglessonslearned.com. Welcome to RPG Lessons Learned, the show where you can learn from our mistakes. With me, as always, is Brian. Hello there, Dusty. How's it going, Brian? It's going. <laughs> and then also here, as usual, is Mike. Howdy. So today we're going to be talking uh, yet again about our Pathfinder Beginner Rocks campaign. Um, not the last time either, because we have individual sessions we haven't talked about that we'll cover sometime in the future. But I think we should take a break from Pathfinder for a while after this. What's interesting today is that this is going to be a data-driven retrospective. So I, I have pretty limited data points, but... Every At the end of every session, I'm the one that kept track of the notes. I'm the one that kept track of the experience, and I'm the one that kept track of the treasure. And at the end of every session, I sent all that out. Should we elect a treasurer to handle that? <laughs> <I will. laughs> Dusty would probably enjoy if we elected a treasurer yeah, I would to love, handle all of that. I would love to, to off, offload the booking or the, the bookkeeping to you guys. Um, but anyway... Having all the gold pieces and experience points that, that we got session over session, I was actually able to build out some charts. And this data-driven retrospective will focus on experience and then a little bit of discussion around the gold that we collected. So let's talk about the first graph. In the first graph, we can see the experience per player per session. What do you notice about this graph? And by the, it's, it's a bar graph. Well, there's a huge spike in June. There is a huge spike. So, let me see. So, XP in basically every game works in a linear fashion, or, or is it logarithmic, or how does it work? We will get to that. Okay. We will get to that. You're right, Mike. We had a huge spike of experience, um, and we actually had a zero experience campaign, or zero experience session later. But notice how the experience is kind of front-loaded. Yep. So a lot of experience early on, and then kind of some hit-and-miss experience later. So this by itself just shows that experience is sort of hit-and-miss. I did a similar graph for another game that I play in, uh, Martin's game. And that game, this bar graph kind of, kind of showed a pattern, where it was like two sessions of setup, and then one session where we get a ton of experience. And then two sessions with, with not so much experience where we're setting up, and then a, a huge session of experience. And it was it was... Like clockwork, one, two, and then three, a lot of experience. One, two, and then three, a lot of experience. This one, it's more erratic. It's kind of all over the place. And then later, as I tried to tie up the story, the experience points had got less and less. So I decided to plot it as a running total. So you can see the running total and, and the, the trend line is the next graph of, of the running total experience per player. And notice that it's definitely linear. It, it's not curved up at all it's it's a very linear flat progression mm -hmm. moving to the next graph brian this answers your question 
So here is what 1 to 20 in Pathfinder looks like plotted by experience points. Would you call that logarithmic? Not logarithmic. Exponential? Um, How about this? It's definitely curved. It's definitely yeah. curved, yeah. It is definitely curved. Uh, it's not quite doubling. It's not quite exponential. It is definitely a curve where way more experience to get to level 20 than to get to level 19. And, yeah, so it you wouldn't even notice it, I don't think, until you hit 11, level 11 or so. So, yeah. in fact, the, the, yeah. the very next graph is, is the 1 through 5 progression, which looks pretty linear. So that led me to believe that, hey, maybe my game wasn't that far off. My experience points, level 1 through 5, because, again, it was a beginner box campaign, limited to 1 through 5. And this graph are both pretty linear, look pretty similar. So I decided to plot them against each other. So the next graph is where we really can talk a little bit. So here I plotted the actual experience that we got per session in blue against the target experience for each session in red. So for those of you at home, the target experience is based on spending about four sessions per level. So the target experience has, has it, it's four bars that are the same size, followed by four higher bars of the same size, and so on and so on and so on. Whereas our experience is kind of all over the place. So notice that in, in later sessions, guys, remember how when we did the retrospective initially, you felt unchallenged in later sessions? Mm -hmm. Well, my God, look at the delta between how much experience I should have been challenging you with ideally versus how much I actually did. Yep. So in later sessions, not nearly enough XP. Hmm. Yeah. In fact, if you go to the next chart, the total experience per player character. So again, it's a running total. The blue line is the actual. The red line is the is the target. So I leveled you up initially way too fast. So you got way too much experience. And then in subsequent games, it, it leveled off. But this just shows that, that I, I gave you too much experience early on, which made things later on not, not nearly as challenging enough. And finally, the most damning chart of the whole thing is the level per player character. So here you can see I leveled you up way too soon. Notice that you spent how many sessions at level one? Looks like at least two. Two. And then you go to level three, and on the blue line, you spend three sessions at level three. Then three sessions, sorry, three at level two, three at level three. And then notice level four. Yeah, four forever. Four, six, forever. Seven. Yeah. So does this factor in the, does this factor in the, uh, that we didn't level our characters at when we should have. There were a couple times when I didn't level my character. No, it doesn't. Okay. This is this is just when you should have leveled. Okay. I, I think a question I have about this as well is how much does our spotty attendance play into this, right? A little bit. Because... Oh, go ahead. A little bit, because my actuals were based on the actual player characters in attendance. Okay. So if, if you actually had three player characters in attendance, I took the XP total and divided it out by by the character. But what this, I mean, so... This even, is still the average, though. Even with the spotty, okay. though, we are way, we are a level higher than we should be for several games. Absolutely. Hmm. Interesting. You're, you're a level higher than you should be for what looks like half the campaign right yeah. there in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right there in the middle, you're you're a level higher than you should be. And a level makes a lot of difference. It does. <laughs> That's a lot of hit points. A lot of magic missile. It's a lot of magic missile. Yeah. You know, it's funny you should say that, though, because even at the points where we were on par with Target, I don't remember those games being super challenging. I, I don't remember there being any real... So your total was on par. Yep. 
But if you refer to the previous diagram, the XP in that session were lower. Okay. So because the total was on par, basically my game, the the actual stayed flat. Yep. Because you are getting more experience points per session. Okay. That so, makes sense. So is this saying that we shouldn't have leveled up until, our, until the end of our last game to level five? Uh, no, that goes up to... Oh, it does. Yes, it is. So, so we should have reached no, level five at the end of our no, last... No, 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 no. No, the, your last session should have been played at level five. Should have been played at, okay. Yes. As, well, as it is, our last two sessions were played at five. five. Should have been, yep. Or yes, were. Were, yeah. Okay. So, interesting stuff. Uh, I'm realizing, Brian, this might be hard to, maybe a hard episode to follow. So definitely check the show notes. If you're definitely check to, the show notes. All the, all the diagrams yeah. in the show notes. Here's, yeah. here's the point. Here's the really basic point of what I should have done to manage this campaign and what all the books tell you to do, and I didn't. I was too full of myself, and I just didn't do it. I should have done the math to see how many experience points we needed per game. I should have plotted out how I wanted you guys to level up. I should have plotted out the fact that I wanted to play this five-level game and I wanted you to spend a certain number of sessions at each level. I should have plotted all that out. I should have been looking at the ideal number of experience points to challenge you guys with per session. I didn't do any of that. What I did instead is I, I let myself get really freeform about CR and about challenge, well, CR is challenge, about challenge rating. And I just threw monsters at you that made sense with the stories that I wanted to, to tell. And that was all well and good for my prep being really light. It was all well and good for telling a continuous story in the town of Sandpoint, but it didn't challenge you. And it didn't challenge you because I didn't follow the fundamentals, the fundamentals of D20 role-playing, which is to throw challenges at you that are the right challenge rating. You know what I'd really like to see against this data? And this is wishful thinking because I don't think we have it anywhere, but to go back to some of our uh, um, um, written campaigns by wizards, right? Where we just went through the campaigns as written by wizards and to see what the X scale, XP scale in their actual adventures, if it follows the intended actual, if it has the same curve, or if some of the, the pre-written adventures we've played have top-loaded XP, kind of like this did. I'm sure they. I'm sure they do, Mike. So going back to what you said about how this shows that the challenge rating, the CR that was applied was broken. Um, so that was something we said all the way through. So that's not, it's not a surprise. Well, but maybe it wasn't broken. Maybe it was me. May the CR itself may not be broken, but the way that it was implemented or utilized the way I implemented it. Yeah. Not yeah. the way the game implemented it, the way I implemented it. But also if we look at this also, maybe that's just confirmation bias. That's just what we felt going through the game. And maybe that's not how we should look at this at all. Uh, I don't know how we should look at it necessarily, but I think that, uh, I think that role-playing games occupy this weird middle ground. And I think we like to say things like, you know, the, the, the rules should get out of your way and you should tell a great story. And then we also say things like, you should really use the rules to make your combat challenging. <laughs> <laughs> so it's this weird middle ground. And in, 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 like, let's talk about an anticlimax. Here's an example at the table, right? You guys defeat some monster. It's a huge. Oh, remember the moment when Chris rolled a double 20? Mm -hmm. yeah. He rolled a crit to confirm his crit. And we had said before, house ruled, it's dead. Yeah. Yep. So he decapitated the hag. 
And boom, the session was over. That was it. There's advice out there that says, oh, that was just the first tag. Yes, I was going exactly where I was going to go. Do you think... That feels so cheatery to me. I know. It takes away the victory. I know, but the house rule that you set up where you show the AC, you show the hit points and all of that, that makes it very concrete. There's no wiggle room. And you... You have employed wiggle room in the past. It's been like uh, GM's discretion to say, oh, that was just the, the first tag. But once you have that rule in place, that house rule, you can't do it. So do you think that that rule, which has made the game run more smoothly, has also limited your creativity? That's a great point. I think it's always a trade-off, right? So when I implemented that rule, the benefit that I got from it is that you guys didn't have to say, okay, I roll, I got a 21, does that hit? You could just roll yeah. and then not say anything and look at the whiteboard and not say anything and then finally say, I hit. Great. You've taken out some of the talking and some of the dialogue and some of the numbers. Awesome. So you're right. That's what I get. But you're, but what I lose, Brian, is the ability to make those adjustments. In the past on the show, I have touted the concreteness as being a good thing and how I commit to what the bad guys can do. And I commit to the fact that sometimes... Sometimes, you know, it's not realistic that every single fight is perfectly balanced. These, this, It's an art, not a science. Yes, definitely. So, And it's also funny because it's an art, not a science. We're looking at it through statistical analysis here, or at least well, through data. Through, through data-driven. Through data-driven analysis. Yeah, certainly not statistics. Well, you know, but it's, it's still funny that we're trying to apply the rules of data and data points to something that really is more of an art form. To me, it's funny. It is. And it feels so artificial to me. Like, part of the reason I, I, I ran this whole campaign just choosing thematically appropriate monsters instead of story appropriate monsters is because I really just hate how artificial the idea is of the challenges always being like perfectly meeting what, what you need for a challenge level. I'm, I've always been really annoyed by the fact that when you start a game of World of Warcraft, if you go into a high level zone, a freaking deer can kill you. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems so stupid. Yeah. Like, it just seems so artificial. Artificial is a better word than stupid. It seems so artificial. And this whole idea of, of managing CR seems so artificial. So I have this internal bias, I'm realizing, Brian, against using those rules just because I think they're dumb. And I, I probably should use them to give you that closer experience of a thrilling combat. So I have to say this. You say that you think the rules are dumb and you don't want to apply them going back to our the CR rule. Yeah. Well, yeah. Going back to our whole, uh, business theme, we work with people all the time who think the rules are dumb and they don't apply them. And those people usually aren't very successful in their careers. True that. So, you know, the people, Ouch, Brian, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, Sizzle. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, no, it's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a well-placed hit. Yeah. And no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, at work, you, as well as anybody that I know, apply reason and logic to your decisions. But we also know tons of people that are cowboys that just make a gut-based decision and don't apply, you know, data to it, and they go up in flames. So I want to play. I want to. I want to ride both sides. I want to play both sides of the fence or whatever. I want to be a data-driven person, but also I just want to trust my gut and. <clears throat> I mean, honestly, you're going to win 99% of the time if you follow the numbers. But 
it just feels more comfortable to, to do what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so easy to say, you know what? I had this awesome idea for, for this danger that's been festering underground for the last thousand years. And it's this mummy in a cave with some skeletons and maybe a death knight. And boom, that's my adventure. Yeah. And I don't care what the CR is. Yeah. And, oh, crap, it was really easy. Actually, that one, <laughs> that one wasn't particularly easy. But, uh, oh, crap, it was really easy or whatever. Oh, well. Like, that's the way I've been running things. And maybe the right answer is to say, you know what? Choose the thematically appropriate monsters to whatever I wanted, and then customize them and up the XP. Or, but then it's so much prep. I'm, I'm adding so much prep. Yeah. I hate having to choose the right monsters. Like, hmm, what's the right CR for you guys to fight as a solo encounter at this level? Oh, a flesh golem. I don't want to use a flesh golem. <laughs> so, so... Question. You know what I'm saying? Question. I know what you're saying. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I know I'm hogging the microphone. No, no, no. Mic. You're good. So I found the most awesome app. So I do a podcast about diet and exercise and fitness and weight loss. And I found the most awesome tool ever. It's called Eat This Much. Basically, you tell it how many calories you want to consume in a day or a week and how many meals you want to eat. And it auto generates for you the meal plan that you need, like with the recipes and everything. Is there any way to prescribe a CR and a challenge based on... Oh, there's a million tools yeah, to do like, that. Yeah, so, like, why not... Do they suck? I mean, why, why, not, why, not, why not try some of those? Because I have the idea first. <laughs> I, I know the story I want to tell, and, and, and I know the story, I know the bad guys that I want to run. So, okay, so... so and I don't want to customize then, them, then do so and I don't want to choose them. So, so, so here's the thing, Brian. What I want to do is lose-lose. Yeah. So I've got to change. So what I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying is, so, so with that, that app, Eat This Much, so say it, it gives me a burrito. Well, I don't want a burrito, but I, the burrito is 300 calories, but I can eat a burger that's 300 calories. 300 calories is 300 calories. It's CR3 is CR3. So why can't you just substitute like two kobolds for two, you know, orcs? They're <laughs> not the same. But why, yeah, why can't you just sub, why can't you have something automatically pre-generate, then go in and, and tweak after the fact to make it what you want? I can. Um, in fact, I'm, I pulled up an app. I was gonna try to do that live and, and turn it around and be like, "Aha! Here it is." <laughs> so these things exist. I know they do. And and next time we play D twenty, I should use them. I just I want to give you guys adventures that that are thematically appropriate to the last thing that you did thematically appropriate to what should come next in the story and i don't want to have to customize them i don't know i guess what i'm what i'm asking for what i'm looking for is a d20 monster manual where there are skeletons level 1 through 20 there's zombies level 1 through 20 there's orcs level 1 through 20 that way i could use any monster at any level yep And And, and and people at home are saying well you can do that and i know you can yeah, it takes a lot of work. But but it takes work. Yeah. I don't know why that doesn't exist, right? Why there's not just a compendium out there that doesn't have just a base monster, and here is all as its stats as it scales, 1 through 20. So, so you you did this work. I mean, I, I'm thinking back to something that literally happened with me and my friend, our friend Stan 12, 10, 12 years ago. You did all this work, all this analysis in Excel, because Excel is a tool to do that. Mm-hmm. Stan and I had some analysis to do at one point. We sat down and we decided we were going to do it in QBasic because we both had it. And we thought it would be fun. And like 15 or 20 minutes into it, we said, why don't we use Excel for this? That's exactly what it's for. <laughs> <laughs> and it feels to me it's kind of like that. It is. It really is. 
but man, I rebel. And and I, I hope there are other GMs out there that feel the way I do. Like, oh, the monsters that are the right CR aren't the right theme. And there's a wide cross section. There's a ton, a ton of tons of places to get monsters. Tons of monsters out there. I could always reskin. I don't know. One other quick question about this uh, this XP chart because I think we're about to move on to treasure. But uh, yes, we are. how much of this XP top loading do you think relates back to us of killing the black dragon in the beginner box? Not very much. I mean, look, no? at, that, look at that first session. Right, that's the first session though. So if if you look at the the third session where we just boop skyrocket right up to the third session. Isn't some of that the little rocket boost we got? Because technically we weren't really intended to kill him, right? So, the, no, no, no. That's not, it's the very first session where you killed the Black Dragon. Yeah. And on the first graph, um, you can see that very first session, that's where we killed the Black Dragon. Yep. And yeah, you're right. The adventure was like, this is going to be really hard. Yeah. But it didn't say it was impossible. Yep. The biggest spike was the one, two, three, four, five, sixth session. Yeah, but that was just because it was Nathan and I, right? Oh, it was two people. that's right. It was two people, and the f- and that drove up the average per player. And the first session was just the three of us, right? Or was that four? It was three because Chris couldn't make the first session. Yeah. So, I kind of wonder if maybe we didn't start out the campaign top loaded, and we 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 aren't seeing that come out in the first graph because of the variables of characters per session through those first like six to eight sessions. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a really fair point. So. Still wasn't challenging. Still in later sessions, undeniably. No. Yeah. Undeniably. Um, yeah, I think I think you're spot on with the whole CR conversation. Yep. Yeah. The yeah, whole yeah. actual versus target. Um, the the experience per player character where I've got the actual and the, and the target. Undeniably, I was throwing challenges at you that were way too low CR. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about treasure briefly. <laughs> we did such a bad job with treasure. We did a terrible we did. job with treasure because we didn't use it until the last game. Nope, we just hoarded it. And look at the bar graphs. I mean, you got a ton from Black Fang's Dungeon. Yep. You got a ton later, you know, whatever session that was. Um, and so we had two major tent poles. We had two tent poles, and then and then two other, you know, three hundred gold pieces each. It's per player, by the way. Treasure. So that's a, that's a lot. I mean. If we convert that treasure into dollars, so, so go go to the line bar where it shows the, the, the build up. So basically by the end of the campaign, or heck, by, by four sessions before the end of the campaign, you guys had earned the Pathfinder equivalent of about two hundred thousand dollars. Wow. 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 Yep. You know that that immediately makes me think of that we said we were gonna do this campaign. We say we're gonna do it every campaign and we didn't do it again this campaign was paying upkeep, paying costs, paying rent and board. We did it like once. We did it maybe twice. So at the level you guys, so with the amount of gold that you have, I mean, upkeep is so cheap. It's, yeah, it's like, it would have been pointless. Like a couple gold pieces a yeah. day or something. That and Nathan was constantly getting new income from his, his criminal enterprise or which, whatever. Which we didn't factor in. Which we either. didn't even factor in. But. So you guys had investments going and yeah. businesses that you own that you were getting percentages of that we also didn't figure in here. Yeah. Wow. So treasure, I just we handled it poorly. We, we we I gave it out as a reward and then we just didn't think about it until the very end when you guys used it to buy a bunt to buy your way out of that out of that fight. No, we totally bought our way out of that last fight. We yeah. absolutely did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that was like worse than just 
power leveling a character in Warcraft. So the statistics are interesting. It really forced me to confront something about myself that I, I didn't realize. I, I've been disdainful of CR, but I didn't realize how unreasonable that was. And, I mean, and it is, Brian. You, you've nailed me spot on in a bunch of different ways. It is unreasonable for me to be that annoyed with CR and for me to totally eschew it in favor of just picking whatever the hell monsters I want. So I've got to go back and take a take a hard look at CR and what that means to combat. So after having after saying that, I, I sort of sat back and had a sad realization that that's exactly how I run this podcast network as well. I don't use analysis or anything like that. I just do whatever I want, and uh, you know, I could I could do a lot better actually uh, strategically applying resources and everything. Where I, where I just now just focus on things I enjoy doing. Yeah. And the thing is, that there's some middle ground. What, what I need to do to optimize this is try. Try to hit the right CR. And if I try, I mean, there will be easy things I can do. Okay, you know what? I'm going to quickly add a level to this org. He's level 4. He has this many hit points. Therefore, his hit die is probably a D10. Let me just roll a D10. Okay, boom, he has that many more hit points. Let me add a plus 1 to everything, including damage. All right. I've just added a level. So now he's CR whatever. So... There are probably little hacks I could do that aren't that hard. I just have never cared before. Yeah. So instead of doing stat changes like that, how difficult is it as a DM to to take a character that is prescribed as the appropriate CR, say, you know, this 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 slime, and oh, this slime's no longer a slime, this slime's now a spider. Yeah, it's called reskinning. Um everyone refers to that as reskinning. It's very easy. Okay. I just gotta remember remember that and, 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 and rename all the powers on on the fly. That's yeah, yeah. Which is just—it is not hard. It's just a pain. Yep, makes sense. So someone, I, I well, I'll skip that. All right, sad realizations all around. So you, you go around thinking you're this great GM. You think ah, you know, some of my sessions were easy, some sessions were hard. I justified it to myself and lied to myself by saying, even just a couple podcasts ago, I, I used the analogy of saying sports. Sports aren't always close. Sometimes in sports, you have a blowout. Oftentimes in sports, you have a blowout. How many games are really that close? But that's that's no excuse not to try. So, tough realization, tough learning experience for me. I'm going to take it away and think about it next time we do D20. Thanks for listening. People call them postmortems, evaluations, appraisals, reviews, retrospectives. We call them lessons learned, and we're sharing ours with you.